It has been in our hearts to preach on a subject that is of absolute necessity to the child of God, and it is the subject of faith. Where would we be if we could not believe? We, of course, are saved by grace through faith. Peter says we are kept by the power of faith. We are justified, Paul says, by faith. We are made righteous by faith. We quench the fiery darts of the wicked by faith. We have access into this grace wherein we stand by faith. We are children of God by faith. And Hebrews 11.6 says we please God by faith. We've noticed in the Word of God some places where Jesus pointed out an individual or a group of people, and he made mention of their faith. Now, I'm not so much interested, as I've said, as to how you feel about the term faith or what the word, the world says about faith. But I am interested in what Jesus has to say. Amen. And he being the author and the finisher of our faith, knows faith when he sees it. And so I am looking at the Uh, examples and the exercise of faith in these individuals that it might bear witness to my faith and it might teach me about faith. Uh, Jesus presents us this unadulterated examples of faith that he himself has, has recognized. We noticed in the woman that was from Tyre and Sidon, the Gentile, that Christ pointed out her faith in his way. She said, truth, Lord. That's all I've got to say is truth, Lord. And what Jesus is looking for tonight is somebody to say, Lord, I just want you to have it your way. You're right. You're right. And if you'll let him have it his way, we noticed in this woman's life, he'll in turn let you have it your way. And then we noticed the, the woman with the issue of blood who had faith in the worth of Christ. She said, if I can but... Touch him, I shall be made whole. She saw an importance in Christ, and Jesus recognized and drawed attention to her faith. She had been brought a long, painful road to that place of where she could trust Christ alone and his worth. Faith in the worth of Christ. And then we notice last night the centurion seemed to have faith in the words of Christ. He said, Lord, speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. Genuine faith is interested in one thing. It's not interested in the shows and the shams and the sermons and the songs. It's interested in a word from heaven. But I want us to notice here in our text that we have these four men. You're familiar with it, I'm sure. That bring this one man who is sick of the palsy, which means that he is lame, to Jesus. And in verse 20, Jesus sees their faith. He recognizes their faith. But I want to emphasize tonight, when I look at their faith, I want to, I want to note that it seems as though that their faith uh, focuses on the works of Christ or what Christ can do for this feeble man. True faith realizes that without Christ, we can do nothing. Right. 
True faith knows that if anything is accomplished, Christ will have to be the doer of it. And faith looks to Christ to accomplish the impossible. Faith in the very doings and in the power of the workings of Christ in our lives. How refreshing that is. Let's read the text and then we'll look at this faith in the works of Christ. Beginning in verse number 16. The Bible said, And he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. And it came to pass on a certain day, as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And behold, men brought in a bed a man that was taken with the palsy. And they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and led him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said unto him, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. The scribes and Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this that speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answering said unto them, What reason ye in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Rise up and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power upon the earth to forgive sin. He saith unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy couch, and go into thine house. And immediately he rose up before them, took up that whereon he lay, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. Now, I want to briefly look at Mark's uh, account of this same miracle. Verse 1 tells us that he's in Capernaum and in the house. Verse 2 says, Straightway, this is Mark chapter 2. Straightway many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them, not so much as was about the door. And he, he preached the word unto them. Verse 3. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. Now I want to emphasize that. Luke tells us that he was being carried in plurality, but doesn't tell us how many. Mark tells us that it was four men. Verse number four, when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy was. Now Luke tells us that they let him down through the tiling, but didn't say how it came about. Mark tells us that they, they tore the roof up, and then they let him down. 
Now let's go back to our text in Luke chapter number 5. And I want us to note faith in the works, in the power, in the energy, in the accomplishments of Christ and what He can do in our lives. There are three things that I want to say to you about faith that is directed towards the works of Christ. I note them in our text. First of all, I want you to look with me at what I call the fellowship of their faith in His work. The fellowship of their faith in His work. Now let me illustrate this. Back when my children, four children, were all small, we would travel together during the course of the year, inevitably up to my brother's house in Ohio. But I would call him ahead of time and I'd say to him, "Uh, I'm coming to visit you. He knew that when I said I'm coming to visit you, that it wasn't just going to be me. It was going to be me and my four and my wife. He wasn't just going to get me. He was going to get the whole clan. If he didn't want all of us, he didn't get any of us, which might have been better off. But in turn, during the course of the years, he would call me and he would say, Dana, I'm coming down to visit you. I knew I wasn't just going to get Joe. I was going to get Joe and his wife and his six children. (laughs) They came in a package deal, not separated. We hear folks talk about faith all the time. As if they claim faith or that they have faith. But yet somehow they possess none of the other gifts and truths of God and have no regard for them. But I want to say to you that faith is not a renegade truth of God that travels by itself. You're going to know when faith comes in because faith's going to bring some company. It never runs by itself. And you're not going to lay hold of faith unless you lay hold of the companions that come with faith, those that faith fellowships with. (laughs) Faith never travels alone. I'm not just interested in those who would claim faith. I'm interested in those who who have faith and it is evident because they have the companions, the cohorts of faith also that have moved into their heart and taken up an abode. Now, this is true throughout the Scripture, not only in our text, but let me just point out a few verses. The Bible said in Acts chapter number 6, I'm talking about how faith associates with all the other truths of God. You can't separate it. You can't claim it and not have those other characteristics. Acts chapter 6 and verse 5, the Bible said they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. (laughs) If faith moves into your heart, You better have room for the Holy Ghost because they'll come together. Because it is the Holy Ghost that uses the Word of God that ignites faith in our hearts. 
Acts chapter number 6 and verse 7, the word of God increased and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly and a great company of priests were obedient to the faith. (laughs) I'm going to tell you something. If you're running around in rebellion and disdain to the very word of God, it is evident that you have no faith. I don't care how many professions you've made, how many altars you've bowed to, how many times you've been baptized, honey. If you have no appreciation and obedience to the truths of God, you have no faith. Because faith obeys God. Acts chapter number 20, verse 21, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks. Repentance toward God and faith. Toward our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm just, and there are many of them. We could go through many verses of those cohorts of faith, repentance being one of them. When faith takes up in the heart, he will bring an attitude of genuine repentance and a turning from sin. I'm talking about those that hang around faith. Now let's uh, look more closely to the text and look at, the, look at those truths of God that seem to come hand in hand with faith. They're evident in our lives. I'll just run through them. Look in verse 16. Before faith is even enacted, the Bible tells us that Jesus and he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. Can I say to you simply that anywhere faith is going to be exercised, there will be an activity of prayer in some fashion. There will be a heart reaching out to God and believing God for the subject that is at hand. And I cannot help believe, but believe, because Jesus is praying in verse 16, that he has in mind, at least in part, what is going to happen in verse 17, 18, 19, 20, and so on. Prayer. A calling out to God for the issues at hand. Prayer will come with faith. Notice in verse number 17. The Bible said the power of the Lord was present to heal them. You cannot have faith. Again, can I say to you, you cannot have faith without the Spirit of God. It's impossible. Nothing can happen in this church tonight nor ever will happen unless the Holy Ghost is here in complete unison with your faith. Breathing upon His Word and igniting it and causing us to look to God for the great needs that we came to the house of God with. Let's look again at another ingredient. The Scripture says... In verse number 18, where our emphasis is, And behold, men brought in a bed a man. Now, had we not went back to Mark, we wouldn't have known how many men, but we now know that there there are four men. And these men are working in cooperation with one another. Well, I'm going to ask you something. Is it their ingenuity that gets this man to Christ? Is it their ability that gets this man to Christ? Is it their strength that gets this man to Christ? What does the scripture say that Jesus recognized in them that got this man to Christ? It was their faith. Their faith came together. And can I say to you, when faith comes into your heart, 
<laughs> Faith, of course, is going to come hand in hand with the Spirit of God, hand in hand with the Word of God, hand in hand with obedience, hand in hand with prayer. But I want to tell you, when faith comes into your heart, faith's going to be bringing faith with it. Right. Amen. The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. I'm talking about the companions of faith. And you know what one of the great companions of faith is? More faith. (laughs) Faith doesn't just run around all by itself, but anywhere faith's at, it's looking for faith. Faith's hunting faith. And in our scripture, this faith that is once delivered unto the saints, you go back into the beginning. And I'll tell you, as you come down, you see those men who come together and the thing that brought to them together was their faith as faith fed faith and faith fellowshiped with faith. Yet homes are filled with people who claim to have faith but have no use for the house of God and the people of God and the fellowship of the people of God. But honey, when I got saved and faith took hold in my heart, the first thing I did was go try to find somebody else that had faith. Faith went hunting faith. Amen. And it'll find it if it's anywhere near. Faith's going to find faith because it wants a fellowship with faith. You're right. That's good. Whether it is Elijah and Elisha or it is Paul and Timothy, faith is going to join with faith, it comes in a company. Little did I know that when faith moved into my heart, that faith was going to be, bring literally hundreds and possibly thousands of folks that I would have had no connection with at all, but that the fact that they had faith. Right. <laughs> and isn't that why we are brothers and sisters in Christ? It is because of the union of our faith. And we have gathered here tonight, not just to sing and not just to preach and not just to gather, but we have gathered because of our faith. And oh, when you stand and testify of what Christ has done in your heart, it fans the faith that is in my soul and causes it to cry out. Faith and faith coming together. The companions, aren't you glad for them? Yes, sir. Amen. (laughs) The companions. To where you sense the sweetness of what God is doing in someone else's life because you can recognize that faith in their life because you know that God has worked that faith in your life. Now, I don't know providentially how this came about, but I'm sure that one of these men, by faith, Jesus said it was their faith, All four of them, their faith, that did this, got this man to him. But somewhere, one of these men looked at this man, and in his heart, no doubt having obviously had a connection to Christ and the word of Christ and and the other things that I preached about as far as faith is concerned, in his heart said, I believe that if this man could be taken to Christ, I believe Christ could meet the need of this man's heart. And so I can see him. And I believe, he, I believe if he'd had done it by himself, he would have done it. But he's down there, no doubt, trying to situate him. And, and get him. while he's trying to situate him, another guy's standing over there, and faith's a-pumping in his heart. 
He said, boy, I appreciate what Jesus has done for me. And I don't know who he was. Uh, He might have been one of those that God's performed miracles in, but he had to know him if he had faith. And I can see him looking and saying, brother, are you trying to take, are you taking him where I think you're taking him? He said, I sure am. I'm going to get him to Jesus. He said, you don't mind if I help you, do you? He said, well, I sure appreciate it. I can see him hugging one another's necks. I praise God we've got a union going on here. We're having a fellowship. You get on that end, I'll get on this end. We'll do the best we can. And about while they're trying to associate, another guy walks up and, and boy, I'm going to tell you, the Lord's done a work in his heart and his life. And he looks at him and he said, you boys, you ain't taking him where I think you're taking you taking him. Or he said, well, we'll tell you. He said, I'd sure like to help you. You wouldn't mind it, would you? They said, whoo, praise God. Yeah. All three of us yeah. got the same thing in our hearts. We want to get this man to Jesus. Before you know it, you got four of them. Amen. Whose faith has bound them together. And I'm here to tell you, I thank you. I thank God for every preacher He sent in my way that has increased and strengthened my faith. Where we could pull to, I thank Him for every saint. I thank Him for every elderly uh, saint of God that He's used in my life down through the years that I pastored as 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 a young man that God used to pour into my life and to increase my faith. (laughs) I just don't know what I'd have done without Him, do you? I praise God for the fellowship of faith. I'm glad this is not just something we're walking through by ourselves. I'm glad the Holy Ghost gets in on this thing. I'm glad the Word of God's in on this thing. And I'm glad there's some other saints that's in on this thing of faith. Now we got four headed to Jesus. Now, I might warn you now, if you don't care too much for company, don't mess with faith. You just bring a whole host in on top of you. Not only do we notice the fellowship of their faith in his work, I want you to look with me at what I call the function of their faith in his work. Now, as we preached last night, God works faith in us. Does he not? Through his word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The only channel through which faith can come. God works faith in us and then he works through the faith that he puts in us. Does he not? As a matter of fact, God has never done anything in this world. He has chosen never to do anything. Go all the way back, if you will, to Noah. Hebrews chapter number 11. You will find God doing nothing in this world but what He does not do it through the faith of one of His children that He spoke into their hearts. By faith. Go back to Abel. By faith. God's got only one worker, one way, and one means of working in this world. He works through faith. He will do nothing through any other channel. Oh, but you say, I'm, a, I'm, I'm good at this now. I'm a good Sunday school teacher, and I believe God will work. No, he won't. That's good, right. So well, we got us an evangelist here this week. Maybe halfway decent, we believe we'll have. No, he won't. Somebody said, boy, I'll just tell you, if, if that old fellow got saved, God could... No, he won't. Yeah, good. 
God chooses to do nothing but what he does it through the channel of faith. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. When he gave us faith, he gave us something that will work. <laughs> God does not give dead faith, as James says. Faith without works is dead, and he does not give dead faith. If it is real, genuine, Holy Ghost faith, birth of the Word of God, look out, it's going to work. I didn't want a religious package. I didn't want some kind of denomination. I wanted something that would work. And for 37 years, it's been working. Oh, I'm so glad for faith because I realized that I couldn't even take a step without it. Because the Bible said to just walk by faith. And here are these men, as they carry this one man to Christ, they are doing it through one channel, and that is faith. Thank God for faith. He'll get the job done. Faith will work. Now, there are two aspects and two sides of the working of faith. I want to emphasize them to you. I'm talking about the functions of faith. These are very, very important. I notice in our text that the scripture says that these men come. And uh, they come, in verse number 18, they brought in a bed a man. And then I want to look back at Mark, how Mark words this as to the first aspect of it. The Bible said, They came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. Now, they are bearing this man to Jesus. But i got to emphasize to you, don't lose focus of it. This is not them. This is not their muscles. This is not their strength. This is not their... If it was left up to them fleshly, if you took faith out of the scenario, that man would have stayed where he was at. Because it was faith that picked that man up and it was faith that carried that man all the way to Christ. It was faith. He was, he was born of these four, but Christ said it was your faith. That brought this man. So. We can say the one aspect of faith. Is that faith carries. Faith carries. And the problem in our. Walk with God so many times. Is we're trying to carry what only faith can carry. We're trying to do what only faith can do. And that's what he gave us faith to do. You see, God not only gave us the the ticket to heaven in Calvary, but he gave us the transportation in faith. Faith will get you there. So faith will carry. That word born there means to lift up and bear beyond and away from the situation. And so here we see these men, their faith carries this man. But their faith is not only carrying this man, but their faith is carrying them. 
And so the totality of it is, is that faith is bearing and faith is carrying this man to Christ. Yes. It's the only way he's ever going to get there. His faith's going to have to carry him. You can't carry him. You'll drop him. You'll leave him by the wayside. You'll give up. You won't even see the sincerity of the need. You won't even know where to take him. Even if you wanted to help him. Only faith can do all that. Faith will bear and faith will carry and it will carry on and on and on because this is what I want you to see. Faith is not out here carrying around in a circle, just roaming. Faith always has one direction. Anytime you run into faith, it's a headed straight for Christ. Amen. It doesn't know any other direction. It won't head any other way. It's going to Jesus. Amen. And it ain't going to stop until the Scripture said they lay him before him. Faith realizes where the real power and accomplishment is going to be. It is at the feet of Jesus. And so faith is not going to stop with the priest, and faith is not going to stop with the preacher, and faith's not going to stop with the crowd that's there, and faith's not going to give up because of the hindrances, but faith's going to go all the way to Christ. Oh, I like that, don't you? Notice how it is... It is amplified there as to faith carrying on and on until it gets all the way to Jesus. Look down, if you will, in verse number 18 again. They brought this man in a bed. And they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. <laughs> they said, there's one thing going to settle this. We've got to get him to Jesus. They said, we want to bring him in. Here's the truth of the matter. The Bible said, verse 19, when they could find, not find by what way they could bring him in, because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and then led him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. You notice those prepositional phrases in there? They want to bring him in. Faith will take the shortest route if it's the right route. Faith will take you right in. But if faith can't get you in... It'll take you upon. And when faith gets you upon, if it has to, it'll take you down just as long as it can get you before Jesus. Yeah. Amen. Amen. True, genuine faith, just like a heartbeat. Just like drawn like a magnet, like a compass pointing north. It's always headed toward Jesus. <laughs> That's the bearing of it. Right. Aren't you glad that your faith constantly brings you to Jesus? Amen. Even in the midst of your dismays and in the midst uh, of your, your situations, faith keeps saying, look to Him. Look to Him. Look to Him. <laughs> faith bears. But here, secondly, is the confusing part of the function or the work of faith that a lot of folks miss. And uh, it leaves them in discouragement and dismay. 
I notice in Mark chapter number 2, when they get into the top of the roof, the Bible said they uncovered the roof where it was, and when they had broken it up. (laughs) Here's an aspect of faith that I don't want you to miss. It is the truth that faith not only bears... In your life. Faith will bear things in your life. Faith will carry some things in your life. But I'm going to tell you something else. Faith will also break some things in your life and crush some things in your life. When God sent faith into your life, He sent faith to take over. And where there is a wall, where there is a structure, where there is a substance that stands between you and Christ, faith's going to get out the sledgehammer of the Word of God and begin to beat up those structures that you've held on to for security for so long and going to say, it's time to tear it down, old boy. We're getting to Christ and this is in the way. (laughs) Wasn't it wonderful when you got saved, you first believed, and boy, it's just so heavenly. No, how long it was in your life. Maybe a good period of time, maybe not. And boy, you just thought everything's going to be sweet. Rose in one day, one day, your faith spoke to you through the Holy Ghost and said, that's going to have to go. Mm-hmm. You'll have to leave that behind. We're going to have to tear that down. I mean, we're going to have to mess it up bad. <laughs> Faith is God's method of demolishing things in our lives, crushing things. And here's the amazing thing. You know, the Bible said that without faith it is impossible to please God. Did you know that faith not only pleases God, but it always pleases God and can never do anything but please God and can never displease God. God spoken faith into your heart through His Word. Born, born of the Holy Ghost can only do one thing. Please God. Because you look in our text there, they tear this poor guy's roof up. They let this guy down to him and it looks like Jesus would have said, all right, now boys, y'all going to pay for that. I don't believe that was necessary. Here's the truth of the matter. Heaven never rebukes faith. No. Because faith, true, genuine, Holy Ghost faith can do no wrong because it's doing the will of the Father. Even when it's jerking on the foundation of your soul. And the first thing that faith will do when it comes into your life is I tell you, it'll begin through conviction to beat and bang and kick and break until it has broken your will so that it can get you to Christ. It'll crush you. Did you know that the same faith, this dawned on me a while back, the same faith that the children of Israel used to cross the Jordan was the same faith that brought down the walls of Jericho and killed that whole outfit. Did you ever notice that? Did you know that faith has been issued a hunting license to kill every giant it runs into in your life? When faith comes into your life, it comes in singing a hunt and we shall go.
a hunting we shall go. High over there, oh, hold right real still. I see a giant, and I'm going to kill him. <laughs> Faith can be vicious. And before you go to praying for a lot of faith, <laughs> you need to understand that. Because <laughs> when faith comes in, it's going to take over. It will carry you to Christ, but honey, on the way, it's going to beat some things up that you never thought that you'd turn loose of or turn from. Some things that you have embraced that maybe you've never even looked at or maybe it is not categorized as sin. Maybe it is just a simple uh, structure. Maybe it is just a roof that keeps the rain off your head. But it is stopping you from getting to Christ and faith is interested in crushing that. Faith carries and faith crushes. I'm talking about the functions of faith. Now, Let's look at this last thought in our text. Not only do we see the fellowship of their faith in the works of Christ and that it, it comes with the companions of the other aspects of God's truths. Thank God for them. How rich and sweet and blessed they are in kinship. But we notice the functions of this faith. It works and it's the only thing that will work in our lives taking us to Christ. But I want you to notice the freedom of their faith in the works of Christ. The freedom. Now, I want to challenge you as you read this account that Luke gives us or the one that Mark gives us. As you read it down through verse number 19, verse number 20, we see the, the, the story of the men that are carrying this man to Christ and we we find out that it is by faith in verse number 20. But I want to challenge you to find another word that is said about these men or another word, anything that these men have said or done after they got this one man to Christ. Verse 21 down through verse 26. You read it when you get home and find one, uh, one other thing that these men did or said or that was said about them. You know why? There's nothing said. This is because there is a wondrous liberty and freedom in Christ that once you have brought the burden to the Lord, you can leave it there. You've done all you can do. He will do the rest. When you bring that son or that daughter, when you bring that sickness, when you bring that financial situation, when you bring whatever that burden is, these men brought this man to Christ and then they have the liberty and the freedom to, uh, to stand back and to say no more. They can, in the freedom of their faith, they can lay it at the feet of Jesus and trust that he will take care of it. They freely release unto Christ. <laughs> they freely release. Oh, isn't it wonderful through faith to bring something to Christ? 
And though you have not seen the evidence yet that he has done anything about it in your heart, you can rejoice in the wee hours of the night knowing that you have freely released it to Christ. It is not your responsibility. It is not yours to handle. It is not yours to take care of. The very strain of the soul is in the fact that we will not and we refuse to freely release to Christ what only He can take care of. Bring your burdens, the the songwriter said, to the Lord and do what with them? Leave them there. Release them. That's all he wants you to do. He's not wanting you to do half as much as you think he wants you to do. Matter of fact, he'd sure appreciate it if you quit doing some things. Other than allowing your faith to work and get it to Christ, and after it's gotten to Christ, We'll know that your faith has been working because you will be able to rejoice in the fact that it is now in His hands and you have released it. Amen. The least of burdens are too heavy to bear. You're right. Faith mighty, the promise of seas, looks to God alone. Laughs at impossibilities and cries, it shall be done. Why? Because you have brought it to Jesus. Oh, tonight if some soul, some heart by faith could bring the load of whatever it is and lay it at his feet and release it. Instead of feeling like there's something else you're supposed to do. I'm talking about the freedom of faith in the works of Christ. It freely releases this man to Christ. But then let me point out to you lastly. It freely refrains from telling Christ what to do about the situation. Now, let's just imagine. Here, you've got these four men that have carried this one man to Christ. Now, had they done this in the energy of the flesh, you know what they'd done? When they got to Christ, they'd have stood there and they'd have said, Now, and by the way, this is where we're at most of the time in our praying. I, I don't want to put a percentage on it, but most of my praying throughout my life has been worth nothing. Because you know what? Most of it is a man and two. Me coming to Christ and telling him what to do about my situation. Huh? We will not refrain. We will not allow him to do so. We think we know more about the situation. And can you see these men carrying this man to Christ? And then they say, well now Jesus... Uh, you know, we, we brought this man over here and we've been talking to him a little bit. We've known him a while. And he, uh, uh, you know, in case you don't know, he can't walk. And, uh, and, but while we was carrying him over here, I, I'd almost swear I saw a little twitch in his, in, in, in his right big toe. So we're just thinking if you could work on that first and get, get things to go in there, maybe it would just go on to the rest of his body. And we've seen, we've seen chiropractors do it, just roll him over and, and pop him here and there. And you'd probably get, well, Lord, you could probably get it. Shut up. Yeah. The reason why you brought it is because you couldn't handle it and now you're going to try to tell me what to do with it? Yeah. Amen. Amen. 
And isn't our prayers like that so many times? Lord, if you just do this and then this, and if you just do this and then let him come over here and then you let them get together over here and then do that. And then if you could bring it up and do that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. You hadn't done anything but try to tell heaven most of our praying is warring against heaven. Hindering him from doing what he wants to do because we will not refrain from telling him what to do and allow him to do it by faith. They refrain. But here's what I want you to see. When you, by faith, bring something, you better bring it by faith to Jesus. Don't run up on this sentimental praying and say, Lord Jesus, you just know I want to be the best a Christian, best preacher. I just want to be the best saint ever was. Now, would you bless my family, bless my children, bless, give us a good night rest, and bless not to have rain tomorrow and a pretty day. Just bless everything. Now, I'm going to tell you something. When you bring something to Christ, he's liable to deal with it in a way in which you least expected it. Amen. And faith has to be prepared for that. Yes. If you don't, you're going to come back off and discouraged. Yeah. And I want to tell you something. I've got some bad news for you. If, you if, this, if this fellow comes back the way he went, he's going to have to come back by himself because faith, faith ain't going to carry him back. Faith only goes one way. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Faith ain't going to bring it to Christ, real faith, and then pick it up and carry it back. It's just going one way. It's the only yeah. way it's going to go. Amen. But here's the matter of it. They brought, brought him to Jesus. By faith, the scripture said. He, he saw their faith. And they brought him to Jesus and they, they laid him at Jesus' feet. Now how would you think Jesus would deal with a man who is sick of the palsy? He is lame. What kind of meeting service did you think that Jesus would perform? I mean, somehow, in my mind, I would think that Jesus would get over him and say some kind words. You know, like we preachers do in the hospital. Bless your heart, we've been praying for you. And now, I'm not, I'm not being mean and ugly here, but I mean, that's all we know to say. We don't know anymore, and, and, we hope you, and that's what I want people to say when they come to visit me. I don't want them to come in there saying, good thing you're sick. <laughs> But Jesus, we would think that he would say, Oh, blessed be thou son of Abraham. These great men of faith have brought you. This is the divine, great, precious will of God. I will place my hand upon you and pray a supreme prayer and you shall rise up in glory and walk. But did you notice what he says to this man? It shocks me. What does he say? Faith brings him to Christ. And what's the first thing that Jesus said? We're going to have to deal with your sin first, buddy. And can you hear the crowd going, I can't believe he said that about him. I mean, how could that man have any sin? He just can't even walk. What kind of sin are you going to get into? It's embarrassing that he would tell on him in public like that. I mean... Looks like he could. I don't believe that. There's no need for that, Jesus. Like we brought him here not to be talked about spiritual matters and some kind of secret sin. We don't believe he's even God. We brought him here for you to heal him. 
Jesus has strange ways of dealing with us. Have you noticed that in your life? You cry out to him in faith. When you really do, cry out in faith and say, Lord, would you take care of this situation? Uh-oh. I read in the New Testament on several occasions where Jesus was so uncouth in the way he dealt with people. Do you remember? It was on several occasions. I've got the text there of one of them there, in, I believe in the book of Mark, but there were several times that he did it, but specifically this one guy. They bring this one guy to Jesus. He's blind. And they say, Jesus, would you heal him and give him sight? He said, you want sight? He said, I sure do. He said, well, step over here. you ever want to humble somebody, you spit on them. And this was a day when the divine Son of God spit in a man's face who wanted to see. And how embarrassing that must have been, even for this man whom he said, I'm going to deal with your sin first. And can you see that man who cannot see? And, and Jesus spits on him and the crowd said, Oh my goodness, did you see that? I'm going to find me another faith healer. I don't want one like that. I want one that just goes like that and somebody catches you. And then they bring you back up. I mean, I wonder how many of those are going to walk down there on that big pretty platform when a guy's going to get real deep and spit in their face. So you're having problems, are you? Hold still. Now go back to your seat. There's not going to be a line in those things. <laughs> I'm talking about genuine faith coming to Christ yeah. and letting Him do what He wants to do. He knows what needs to happen. Right. Amen. A man who cannot see and he spits. And can you imagine when he spits on him, the guy says, What? Is that spit? <laughs> I can't believe that you would spit in my, my face. Ooh, Lord Jesus, I can see. I can see. I wonder what divine saliva would feel like. Heavenly spit. Would that bother you if he sort of spit on you to try to get things where they need to be? Or do we want roses and flowers and presages in heaven to say, oh, bless you, and everything's going to be sweet. And all your young ones are going to grow up to be saints and doctors and lawyers and missionaries and preachers and never going to be anything wrong in your life. And and I'm just going to do it in such a sweet way. No, he's not. You know why? Because he knows what needs to be done in our lives. And he knows to get you and to get your children and to get those issues in your life where they need to be. He's going to have to humble somebody. He's going to say, you really want me to do, you really want me to do that? Lord, would you do this? You really want me to? Lord, the worst in the world I want you to. He said, well, hold right real still. And you say, God, everybody in the church is going to know about this. Yeah, right. People are going to hear about this far. Lord, what? Yeah. Why would you do that? I tell you the truth, and I lie not. There's been two times in my life when 
I got saved, I thought it was going to be sweet sailing. <laughs> but faith doesn't have to have sweet sailing. And there have been two times in which God has taken me to the depths of the pits of hell and God, heaven has spit on me. I'm going to take you to the places and the time. Heaven spit on me. God Almighty knows I wouldn't trade the outcome yeah, you're right. for anything in this whole world. And what He accomplished through those embarrassing, dark, deep, tragic moments. <laughs> so Jesus, I need your help. I want you to do it. So, okay. I'll do it. And faith refrains. So God, I never expect you to do it that way. I didn't think he was going to take that route. It's a little unclear to me, but Lord, I trust you. Yes. That you'll bring out of it for your honor and for your glory. Because I want you to do the work that needs to be done. And only you know how to do it. And the old guy, did you notice in the text? After he did that, verse 25, and immediately he rose up before them and took up that whereon he lay and departed to his own house, glorifying God. <laughs> Woo! He said, Praise God, look at this. And when he got to the house, he went to his own house. You don't think they just, he walked through the door and everybody said, Ah, Bill, good to see you. Where you been? They all glorified God. And he got to the house. I sort of think it went this way. I think he come in. I don't know if he's married or if he's mom or whatever, but uh, I think he come in and he said, Honey, I met Jesus today. He come through Capernaum. I met Jesus today. They took me for me in my faith. Took me to Jesus today. And he forgave me of all my sins. He forgave me of my sins. Thank God he forgave me of my sins. Honey, I've been forgiven. I yeah. uh, By the way, he healed me too. Yeah, right. Amen. Faith believing that Christ can do the work. 